Yeah, it's always humbling. You hear an introduction like that, and you say, Who, who's, that? who's he talking about? Um, but it's a privilege for me to be back here in Thomasville with you all. Um, yeah, time goes by too quickly. And I really appreciate you guys taking the time to be here this morning, on a Friday morning, when you've got other tasks awaiting you. So thank you. And I'm excited about this chance to, to talk about the business's mission movement and some of the amazing things that, that God is doing through this movement. And, and one of the things that's exciting for me is, is the way clearly that God is, you know, already at work in this arena here in Thomasville, you know, with, with the spark. I mean, that was new for me to hear about that. And, and so I'm, I'm, I'm quick to say that some of what I'll be sharing about is, is probably, you know, resonates with some of you. Um, others, for you, this might be some new and maybe challenging perspectives. But I, again, I appreciate you being willing to, to be here. Um, I do want to comment that some of the material that I'm going to be talking about, especially in terms of some businesses, mission companies operating in, in difficult uh, places around the world, uh, places where Christians are persecuted, that this should be treated as, as security-sensitive information. So don't pull out your phone and take a picture and post you know, on Instagram or something. Ask me first. But um, that's just something I, I want to make sure that I touch on. In terms of knowing just who it is that's standing, you know, I already got the official introduction, but you need to know my family because my family has been an integral part of my journey in, in participating in what God's doing in the world. Um, my wife, Terry, um, our oldest daughter, Rebecca, our son, Matthew, and our daughter, Gabrielle. And I am just deeply grateful for them. And as, as expressed, what my wife and I are doing now is working with a, a ministry called the Antioch Partners. And our focus is serving those that have been called to long-term cross-cultural engagement. And so it's a, it's a privilege for us to be working with people all over the world. And certainly one of the arenas that we're excited to be serving people in is this whole business's mission arena. And one of the things that, you know, we continue to pray, when you think about Presbyterian churches like First Pres Thomasville, I mean, you guys have been blessed with a wealth of business people. And one of the things we're convinced of is God wants to continue raising up business people with a vision of how their business skills and expertise can be used right in their own communities, but even to the ends of the earth. And so with the Antioch Partners, we're wanting to see BAM become even more and more of a focus for us. So in terms of what we're going to be talking about, um, I love this quote from J. Oswald Sanders, a great deal more failure is the result of an excess of caution than of bold experimentation with new ideas. The frontiers of the kingdom of God were never advanced by men and women of caution. It is right. And God is doing amazing things in the world today. And I believe God is calling us to participate in what he's doing in new ways. He's calling us to participate in new ways as individual followers of Jesus, as churches, as denominations. And the challenge, I really do believe, is are we willing to step out of our comfort zones? Obeying God is never risk-free. Scripture's clear about that. But I think, you know, the challenge is, are we willing to look seriously at directions that God might be calling us when we know there's significant risk involved? And when you talk about this whole arena of business as mission, there's significant risk involved. But do we believe that God is bigger? 
I want to just comment on a few fundamental assumptions. Um, the first of all, you know, one of the things I've learned, whenever you want to speak, you need to use a Latin phrase because that makes you look cool. Um, that's probably hopeless for me. Our, our kids would say, yeah, Dad, that is hopeless for you. But I'm going to try. So missio dei, you know, that's often translated as the mission of God, but it's actually more accurately translated as the missioning God. In other words, the God we worship the God revealed in Scripture from Genesis to Revelation is a missionary God. He's a God with a global purpose. And thus, we as God's people are missionary people. In fact, in John 20, 21, Jesus said, As the Father has sent me, so I send you. And the literal meaning of the term missionary is sent one. So from my perspective, Jesus has made it clear we're all sent ones. It's not that some of us are sent ones and some of us aren't. No, we're all sent ones. We're all missionaries. And as Carmen was challenging us last night, God calls us all to be ambassadors for Jesus. He calls some of us to have our primary focus around the corner, right here in our own communities. But he calls some of us to have a primary focus to the ends of the earth, around the world. And I'm thankful for this mission conference. You guys are, are focusing on, on the whole scope of that challenge, around the corner and around the world. But one of the other things I'm so fully convinced of is the strategic importance of marketplace Christians in God's global purpose in Christ. And, you know, you guys obviously understand that and are living into that. I was excited to uh, see the, the, the flyer for the 51st Quarterly Marketplace Leader Prayer Summit. And praise God that you guys are intentional about bringing marketplace leaders together to pray and build relationships. Because... You know, if we're going to fulfill Jesus' command to all of us, which is go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, if we're going to have any chance of fulfilling that, it's only going to happen as the 99% are engaged. Who am I talking about? When we think about the church, you know, approximately... About 1% of us are people like Tim and, and myself that are ordained. We're the, the professional you know, folks that work in the church. The 99% are you all that are called by God to be salt and light in the world. You've been uniquely equipped by God to serve in the marketplace. And so BAM takes that seriously. So when we think about BAM... Um, as you'll see, one of the, the focuses of the BAM movement is a passion for cross-cultural engagement. And that certainly means a, a, a commitment to engaging internationally. But these principles are just as relevant to companies operating right here in Thomasville or in Houston, Texas, where I'm from. But to give you an example of, of the way God is using some of these companies, I want to give an example of a, of a BAM company in, in western China. So obviously, this is a, a difficult part of the world to operate in. Um, it's, a, it's a context where the majority of the people are, are Muslim and Buddhist. There are very few Christians, very few churches. And the reality is, you can't get a missionary visa to work in that part of the world. But the reality is, for business people, the doors are wide open. And so this company is a coffee business. Three essential aspects to their operation. One, they operate retail coffee shops. Two, they have a bakery operation. And three, they import 
coffee from around the world and then resell it to, to restaurants and hotels in that, in that part of, of China. So what, what, this, what this team of management realized was that God could use their business to accomplish things that just couldn't be accomplished otherwise. And so they started this company with specific missional goals. Now, this is a viable, sustainable business. This is a business that's generating a profit, that's creating jobs, but it's also a business with specific kingdom impact strategies. They want to see people come to know Jesus. They want to see house churches established. They want to impact the community. And so that's what this company's doing. They intentionally hire a small number of local followers of Jesus, but the majority of their employees, about, about 40 local staff, are Muslims and Buddhists. And what happens then? Every day in the context of the workplace, it, comes a, it becomes a natural arena for the life-on-life sharing of Jesus. And so what they've seen is, after a number of years, they've, they've seen God at work in the lives of their employees, and a number of them have become followers of Jesus, and house churches have been established, and all that started in the context of the workplace. But then in terms of their vision for impacting the community, this is a part of, the, of, of Asia where, where uh, the, the sex trade is, is a huge issue in prostitution. Well, what's one of the most crucial needs if women are going to leave prostitution? Jobs. Exactly. So this company said, okay, we're going to be intentional about partnering with organizations in this city that are reaching out to, to women in prostitution and, and, and wanting to leave. And so they've, they've created an environment where they can hire and provide jobs and, and provide a structure where this critical need can be addressed. But then also, just the way this company operates, they operate with integrity. They pay taxes. So the tax officials have quickly identified, wow, there's something different about this company. Not only that, but then, for example, in this, in this city, there's a large deaf school. And what the director of the deaf school kept lamenting is, is these graduates of the deaf school, incredibly capable people, but he couldn't get jobs for them. So he heard about this company, heard about something different about this company, that there's some Christians involved with this company. So he went and met with the, with the, the, the business owners and said, you know, our graduates are, are, are gifted. They can make a difference. Would you hire some of them? And, 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 and the management team said, well, we really hadn't thought about this, but um, we'll pray about it and we'll talk about it. And so they came up with a, with a way that they could hire some of the, the graduates of, this, of the deaf school. And they thought that the best they would be able to utilize them is in the bakery operation. But within six months, these, it was clear, these were some of their best employees. And for their other local staff, they hadn't even had a chance to inter- interact with, with, with people that were, were deaf. And so a number of the, the local staff started learning to sign. And it was beautiful the way this was just permeating the company. And then, then quickly they decided, you know, actually we could use them in, in, as baristas in some of our um, local retail shops, and so they started doing that. And quickly, throughout the city, it became apparent that, wow, this is a resource of people that we could hire that we never even thought about. So some of their competitors started hiring their, their deaf staff away, and they were like, praise God, we'll, we'll, we want to make this happen. But all of this was accomplished because some Christian business people 
said, we want to use our business skills in a place where there's tremendous need and tremendous opportunity. Let me tell you, there were people telling him, you guys are fools. It's hard enough to start a business in the United States. As you all know, you know, one out of every five small businesses fail within the first year. If you look out 10 years, only 35% of those small businesses make it. So it's tough to do that here. Even more so if you think about starting a small business in someplace else around the world. But this is an example of what these kinds of companies are being used by God to accomplish. So what is business's mission? Um, in the introduction, he already uh, summarized it, and I'm just going to highlight a couple of key things. We're talking about profitable and sustainable businesses. We're not talking about pseudo-businesses. We're not talking about a business that started just to allow someone you know, to, to do something else, but rather these are profitable, sustainable businesses. These are businesses that have kingdom of God purpose and impact. These are businesses that are referred to as having a fourfold bottom line, an economic bottom line. You know, they're generating profit, creating jobs, but that's not the, the only bottom line. They also have a spiritual bottom line. They have specific goals in terms of kingdom impact. They also have a social bottom line, like greenhouse coffee. They're impacting their community for Jesus. And then also an environmental bottom line. These are companies that are committed to operating in a way that demonstrates God's care and concern for, for all of creation. One of the other things we see about BAM companies is they, they have a passion for the, for the poorest of the poor around the world and also least evangelized peoples. But again, when we're talking about you know, the application of these principles, like Spark is doing right here, it's, it's just as relevant. So in terms of a few other businesses' mission specifics, BAM is based on a biblical theology of work and the priesthood of all believers. One of the things that we've, we've seen is for, for far too long, many of us, especially in, in the Western church, have operated with this, this dichotomy between the sacred and the secular. And typically work is located in this secular sphere rather than seeing biblically our capacity for work is an integral reflection of our creation, the image of God. What did God spend the first six days of creation doing? Working, creating. That's what business people do. They create as they work. So our engagement in work is an essential part of our living out of God's call to glorify Christ in all we do. So BAM is based on a, on a biblical theology of work. And you know, going back to the Reformation, we talk so much about the priesthood of all believers, but I think sometimes we struggle to, to live that out, and BAM takes that seriously. BAM is also based on a kingdom of God perspective. That's that, you know, as followers of Jesus, our engagement as God's kingdom is not just a Sunday morning and a Wednesday night. It's day in and day out, minute by minute. Everything we do, we want to understand in the context of God's kingdom. Um, last night, Carmen was challenging us as we pray the Lord's Prayer, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, as it is in heaven, that, that Jesus is primarily concerned with the here and the now, and how are we living that out. Then also, BAM is holistic and addresses the needs of the whole person. Um, you know, as, as, as we see in the life of Jesus, he was concerned with 
every aspect of our, our personhood. In our, he was concerned with physical needs. Obviously, he was concerned with spiritual needs, but also emotional needs, and he ministered to the whole person. And Bam helps us to accomplish that. So in terms of Bam's place in God's mission, I think it's important to realize that there's a broad framework that's often referred to as the marketplace missions movement. And BAM is just one stream within that. And I want to comment on these because it kind of helps understand the, the scope that we're talking about. Um, the, the first stream within this marketplace missions movement is what's often referred to as workplace ministries. So in other words, when I was working at a bank in Houston, you know, the River Oaks Bank and Trucks at that point, it's been purchased since then, but a secular company. But I understood that my role within that company went beyond just helping the bank be profitable. As a follower of Jesus, I believe that God actually had a purpose and a plan for me being employed at the River Oaks Bank and Trust. And God wanted to use me to be salt and light in that environment. And I was so thankful for Christian business people who came alongside me and helped me wrestle with, okay, Andrew, how do you live that out more effectively? How do you embrace this call to be an ambassador for Jesus in this context? So that's um, a workplace ministry. Another part within this stream is what's often referred to as tent making. And, and, and basically that's you know, using the model of the Apostle Paul. He was professionally a tent maker and use that to support himself and to facilitate opportunities to engage with people. And so, for example, I have an engineering friend who wanted to be involved in what God's doing in Turkmenistan, which is a country in Central Asia, among the Turkmen people. You can't get a missionary visa to be there, so he took a job as an engineering, with an engineering construction firm there. So he, this, this company he was working with was not a kingdom business, but he, as a follower of Jesus, took that job so that he could be in proximity to people that had little or no opportunity to hear about Jesus. Another stream is what's often referred to as microenterprise development. And those are, I'm sure probably some of you are familiar with you know, microenterprise loans that make it possible for someone to, you know, for example, buy tools to repair shoes and, and, and provide income for a family, which is vitally important. But what we see is that those businesses aren't generally scalable. And that leads to BAM. And the focus of the BAM movement is on what's often referred to as the small to medium enterprise sector, so the SME sector. And it's actually the SME sector that's the primary engine of job creation, not only here in the United States, but around the world. And so BAM is really taking that seriously. So in terms of fleshing this out, I mean, one of the things that to me is amazing about this business's mission movement, it really is a global movement. I mean, you're, you're just as likely to meet a Korean business owner operating a BAM company in the Middle East or a Brazilian business owner operating a, a BAM company in South Asia as you are to meet an American business owner somewhere. And I, you know, I praise God for that. This is an amazing example. Back in 2005 in Pakistan, in Kashmir, there was a massive earthquake. You guys might remember some of the footage of just, just devastation. Well... There is one engineering company that had actually constructed this building that was the only building still standing in this, in this area. Everything else was rubble. People start asking questions. Why is this one building still standing? 
turns out the reason this one building was still standing was the company, the engineering company that, that designed and, and constructed this was owned and operated by Christians. And they were committed to, to maintaining those building codes. And this is a company that's being used by God in amazing ways in a difficult part of the world. But not only are these kinds of companies operating in places like Pakistan or, or Western China, there's also companies like this operating in Atlanta. Um, any of you know about Amplio Recruiting and Staffing? Started out of Atlanta. An amazing company. They're living out this BAM vision, but their focus is serving refugees. So they started Amplio to provide jobs for refugees. Um, the, the owner, the business, the founder of the company, Chris Chancey, um, he and his wife moved into Clarkston. Huge population of refugees in Clarkston. They intentionally located there so they could learn more about the needs of the refugee community. One of the things they realized so clearly is for so many of these refugees, these are gifted people with, with lots of experience, but very difficult to find jobs. So Chris was challenged, they started Amplio, and now it's grown. Not only do they have office in Houston, I mean an office in Atlanta, they also have an office in Houston, Fort Worth, Dallas, and Raleigh. And it's amazing how God is using this company. Now, they have a, a solid business plan, and, and there's a cool video if you want to go at um, Praxis Labs. Last year, they did a, a pitch at a redemptive summit, um, and you can, you can Google it and, and, and see it. But yes, they have a business plan, but they also have a kingdom impact plan. And God has already used this company to introduce a number of these refugees to, to Jesus. And these are refugees from Iraq, Afghanistan, other places around the world. For many of these refugees, this is the first time they've had a chance to be in close proximity with followers of Jesus. And so I thank God for people like Chris. One of the things that also I think is important, when you start thinking about this BAM movement, it really is a global movement, and there's already a, a whole network of, of organizations and, and companies and support structures that are out there. So, you know, as you guys might be thinking about, you know, specific ways you might be involved, don't hesitate to say, okay, what can we learn from people that are already out there doing this? For example, one of the key needs for BAM companies globally is access to capital. And there's an investment fund that was started back in 2001 called IBEX. You won't find anything about them on the, on the internet because of their, the security sensitivity. They basically operate in the Arab world in Asia. But IBEX provides investment funding for, um, through mezzanine loans, so unsecured loans to small and medium-sized enterprises. Um, Powell knows about IBEX because he was involved in the Businesses Mission Task Force we formed with the ANIAC partners a number of years ago. But IBEX is, is, is providing funding for like that engineering construction firm in Pakistan and in other places. And I praise God that there's, in this case, Christian investors that are willing to step out and say, hey, we think we can help address one of these critical needs. If you'd like to know more about IBEX afterwards, I'd be glad to connect you to someone who could give you more information there. But I want to introduce you to some people that have said, okay, God, I believe you're wanting to use me in this arena. So first I'll introduce you to Mary Beth. She's an amazing woman. Um, 
basically after a successful corporate career in multiple executive roles, she retired and was saying, okay, God, you know, what are you calling me to now? Um, when you meet Mary Beth, you realize she's passionate about business. And as she started exploring different ways she could be involved in retirement, she learned about the business's mission movement and got really excited that actually God could use her business skills strategically for the kingdom in ways that she had never anticipated. So she actually invested with Ibex. And through Ibex, got connected to some BAM companies that needed someone to mentor and come alongside and provide training for the, for the management teams. So she started mentoring a business in Central Asia, specifically in Kyrgyzstan. Now, Mary Beth had never traveled to Central Asia, and when you know, she started looking at that, she was like, okay, God, you know, is this okay? And her husband, Bill, was like, go for it, Mary Beth, go for it. So off she went, you know, spent a week with this company owner, and then you know, because of Skype and Zoom, able to do regular you know, video calls um, with, the, with the management team, and once a year, she spends a week or so on site. And now that um, mentoring role has led to her mentoring a, a, a company in Mongolia as well now. And Mary Beth is quick to say, I'm so excited to be able to use what I'm good at, business, to strategically impact what God is doing in the world. Another example, the Owens family. Um, Rick uh, Powell also knows Rick because Rick was a part of this same task force. Um, but Rick, like Mary Beth, is a business guy. Um, he was a partner in Accenture for a number of years. Then he served as the CFO for a number of companies in the Houston area and then moved to the venture capital side. And then Rick and his wife, Lori, were sensing a nudging of the spirit. They weren't exactly sure what that was going to look like, but they just sensed that God was calling them to, 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 to be ready for, for something new. God led them through a series of connections to actually that company I referred to earlier, Greenhouse Coffee in western China. And Greenhouse was to the point where their growth was accelerating and, and they needed a CFO. And as the management team at Greenhouse was praying about it, they figured the best they would be able to do would be to find a, a young business person with a couple years of business experience who would be crazy enough to come join them. When they saw Rick's resume, they were blown away. They were like, wow, would a person like this really be willing to come join us? And as Rick and Lori prayed about it, they realized that's exactly what God was calling them to do. So they relocated and, and spent several years working in that part of Western China. Lori's quick to say, if you had told me two years before that that I would be working alongside women leaving the sex trade, I would have said, you're crazy. Rick would have said, if you'd asked me two years ago before they made that move, would I be working with you know, a, a group of business owners that are probably the craziest group of people I'd ever met in my life? No way. But God used Rick in an amazing way with that company, helping them navigate some really challenging um, situations. And I believe there's business owners like Rick, obviously, right here and in, in Presbyterian churches all over the country. So in terms of ways to be involved, prayer is essential. You can become an investor. You can become a mentor. Like with the Spark program right here, you can come alongside and help train potential entrepreneurs. You can relocate. It might be one of the things I'm fully convinced of is we never age out of God's call. 
And are we willing to be open to the new things God might be calling us to? For Rick and Lori, that meant relocating to Asia. But maybe it might not mean relocating to Asia for some of us. Maybe it might mean just relocating to a different part of town. Or we could look at forming a a BAM ministry team. Um, Lots of different ways. So I want to be sensitive to time. Any questions or comments? I mean, I know some of you are involved in this. Some of you, maybe you're thinking new thoughts. What might this look like? But, but any questions or comments before we wrap up? 